word of God, I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We believe that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I pray by the Spirit of God that your people will hear your word. Your word will change us. Your word will correct us. Your word will motivate us. And most of all, your word will prosper us. So as I, I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who's already here to help me proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let every believer say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. We're in week number three of our Survivor Series. And this series is where we separate our church and we minister directly to the married couples in one service. And then we separate and minister to our singles in our second service. So if you're here today and you're single, uh, I'm pretty sure there's something you, you can learn. But this particular message is going to be centered around married individuals. Last week we talked about being promise keepers and maintaining our integrity by keeping our word. Look at your, you can look at your spouse and say, are you keeping your word? And uh, today's topic is very sensitive, but yet it's a necessary topic. So if you're taking notes, our topic is avoiding adultery. Avoiding adultery. And the goal of today's lesson is to provide insight on why people commit adultery, what are some activities that can be warning signs that someone who's being influenced to sin in this manner, we can identify those, and then finally to provide biblical tips on how to avoid committing adultery. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find 2 Samuel chapter 11, 2 Samuel 11, we're going to look in verse 3. And I may just tell that story instead of turning to that story. And then I want you to go to Jeremiah 3 verse 8. I have a lot of information that I need to give you and very little time to do it. And so I'm going to do my best to communicate uh, the essence of the message this morning. Now, I know that some of you here have already had a problem in this area in your relationship. And I know this, this message may bring back memories of that situation. But I want you to remember that God's word, regardless of the topic, has healing power in it. It has faith in it to help you and I overcome. Now, for those of you who have sinned in this particular area, I don't want you to feel condemned. Because if you start feeling condemnation, condemnation comes from the enemy. God's word is designed to convict us where we have not repented correct us and show us the right way to go and then eventually encourage us to use our faith to move forward in our lives. And so uh, there's a reason why that I'm, I'm using terms such as adultery instead of cheating. I'm using the word sin instead of mistake. And the reason is because I believe our world has downplayed this act by using socially acceptable words 
so that it doesn't seem so bad or be as wrong as it sounds. When the reality of it is, guess what? This sin has destroyed many homes and will continue to if we don't address it. This particular sin has the potential to cause a man and a woman who God has ordained to be married to break the first covenant that God instituted man and woman to have, and that's marriage. So just look at your spouse and say to them, buckle your seatbelt. Now, I think everybody knows, but I just want to get everybody on the same page. What is adultery? It is the voluntary, say it's voluntary. It's a voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and someone other than his or her lawful spouse. So I only have a couple of points for you today. Uh, I may give you three, but here's the first one if you want to take notes. And uh, if you don't take notes, at least go back and listen to this uh, message online at least one time this week. Here's point number one. Adultery is spiritual and not just physical. Adultery is spiritual and not just physical. I think one of the biggest misconceptions about adultery is that it's just physical. But the reality of it is it's spiritual and then watch this. And then it becomes physical. Many people know what adultery is, but they don't really know what causes people to do it. And there are tons of surface reasons such as, you know, my wife doesn't give me enough sex or my husband, my husband doesn't love me anymore or I'm married to the wrong person or, or I'm not happy and God wants me happy. See, those are surface reasons why people uh, commit adultery and the list goes on. But in reality, going down the road of adultery actually shows the deterioration of a person's spiritual condition. It's really a thermostat to help you determine where you are in your relationship with God. Now in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8, Jeremiah 3 8, I just want to read it because it, it describes the situation that Israel was in. It says, and when I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel what did they do? They committed what? Come on, you can say the word. They committed what? Notice they committed adultery because they had started backsliding. And when you get involved in adulterous activities, and I'll explain what those are, because nobody in this room who's married, watch this, nobody is exempt from being tempted from adultery. Now, we all have to make a choice that we're not going to allow it to influence our life, but everybody has the potential of being tempted. You can't stop temptation, but watch this. You can keep yourself from following through with the temptation. And temptations come in all different forms and all different ways from all different places from all different people. I mean, yesterday I went to a suit place to go pick up my father-in-law's uh, suit that uh, he got this weekend. They had to uh, alter it. And uh, when uh, I got to the store, I was leaving and I forgot something. So I was going back in the store and uh, I opened the door and uh, two ladies walk in and one of them was a lesbian and the other one, I wasn't quite sure, it might have been the girlfriend of the lesbian. 
because she looked more ladylike, and I think that's what the case was. And so, uh, you know, she gave me this look, no big deal. I get looks all the time, right? And so, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> and so, you know, my, my salesman, my salesman, you know, because he was helping them, I, I was helping myself. He comes up to me, says, Pastor Connor, I, I know you don't even care about this. He says, but that lesbian said to me, I'm a lesbian, but I'll switch back over for him. See, that shows on the inside what she really ought to be doing. That's what I said to him. I said, it's, I said it shows on the inside of her what side she really ought to be on. But temptation can come from everywhere. Amen? Amen. So you can't stop temptation from coming, but you can handle it. So when I walked out, she was like, you sure are cute. I said, thank you, baby. <laughs> Moved on. Adultery is about the heart. See, the reason adultery is spiritual before it's physical is because a person's heart has to change before their actions change. See, before you do something physically, you have to first think mentally. Amen. And anytime you and I or our hearts are involved, that's where spirit starts because your heart is invisible. Your heart is the spirit part of you. And not only does God see adultery as sin, but the beginning of sin doesn't start, watch this, with your spouse. It actually starts with God. See, most people, they look at adultery and they say, oh, it's, you know, I'm committing adultery against my spouse. No, 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 no. That's the second person you're committing adultery against. The first person you're actually committing adultery from is actually God. Amen. One of the original Ten Commandments, which is found in Exodus 20:14, it actually says, you shall not commit adultery. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, this is when Joseph was working in the house. And listen to what he says. He was talking to Potiphar's wife. He says, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Then he says, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Committing adultery is bigger than you sinning against your spouse. It's really you sinning against God. Can I get an amen, church? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, this is what it says. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her, whoever looks upon a man to lust after him, because statistics shows that there are more women cheating today than men. That whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery, watch this, with her already, where class? In their heart. Everybody say adultery is spiritual. Not just physical. So in essence, when someone is participating in adultery or is constantly engaging in activities that lead up to that, 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 that particular act, they don't know that they are slowly backsliding their heart away from God. Now here's the deceiving part. 
is that they can still be doing actions that look like they are right with God. But in reality, their hearts have drifted. In other words, you can commit adultery, you can be engaged in the activities and still come to church every Sunday. You can be involved in activities that, that involve you cheating and still go home and be there every night and, and kiss your wife goodnight and, and put your kids in the bed. And you can do all that and still be involved. And that's why in Matthew 15, 8, it says, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So how can a person know that they are walking down the path or opening the door to committing adultery. How, how can a person know? I'm so glad that you asked me. Here's point number two. What you think mentally is where you go physically. I'm going to say that again. Boy, y'all quiet this morning. But here's why I'm teaching this. Because if you get involved in it, I want God to put the blood on you and not me. You say, what do you mean? See, sometimes we're in the, because there's some people in this room, you're in the middle of this. Now, nobody may know but you, but you're in the middle of this, and God wants you to know that he knows. And then there are those of you who are tinkling through the tulips. You figured out that that lady at work likes you, and she seems like she's an upgrade from your wife. You didn't even know you still had it like that. So you're tipping toe through the tulips. <laughs> Everybody say, what you think mentally is where you go physically. In other words, your thoughts control your walk. What happens in your mind happens in time. It is the condition and the controlling of a person's mind that determines their ability to avoid adultery. So what happens to a person to make them feel like cheating on their spouse is okay? Because something happens in an individual to make them feel like, oh, this is okay. So what happens in a person? Well, let me tell you what happens. Deception is what happens. Deception is the biggest factor when it comes to cheating. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, this is what it says. It says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. When I looked up that word deceived, do you know what it means? It means to cheat. In other words, when someone is cheating, they are deceived, and watch this, and they are trying to deceive. Because if you felt that cheating was okay, you wouldn't be trying to hide it. I mean, if you felt your wife was okay, would you sleeping with another woman? You, when she called and asked you what you're doing after work, you said, well, baby, I'm going to stop by Susie's house and uh, we're going to get together and we're going to have sex and then I'll be home in a minute. <laughs> Obviously, you know it's wrong because if you didn't think it was wrong, you wouldn't be trying to hide it. The word deceived in the Bible means to cheat. Watch this. The word deceived in the dictionary means, watch this, to mislead by a false appearance or statement. Watch this. To be unfaithful to one's spouse. I mean, the dictionary gave us that. 
So cheating involves deceiving. Say this with me. Say cheating Cheating. involves deceiving. But it also involves being deceived. So what are some of the activities that can point to the potential of someone uh, that's in adultery or thinking about partaking of adultery? Touch your neighbor and say it's coming. In other words, how can you, how can you, uh, this is for two people. These, these signs are for two people. It's for the person right now who's committing adultery and it's for the person who's thinking about doing it. But it's also for us who may not be thinking about doing it, but if we think about it one day to do it, hopefully these signs will come back and you can go, Pastor Evan said, if I'm in these signs, I'm on my way. Here's number one. When you have hidden or unknown email addresses, Facebook pages, unknown cell phones, or unknown cell phone numbers. When you are protective over your cell phone, text messages, or any electronic device. You know, you, 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 uh, as soon as your wife come in, you put your phone in. Your husband asks you, honey, can I use your phone to call somebody? Why do you need my phone? Here's number three. When you feel that you have a right to privacy. Let me tell you something. If you are married, you have no right to privacy. The only privacy, listen, there's only one. Yeah, clap me right there. Just clap me right there. You have no right to privacy. No right. The only privacy I will give you as your pastor is for you to poop. That's it. That's it. Use the bathroom. That's what poop means. You have privacy for the bathroom. That's it. See, it's when you feel you have the right to privacy, that's why it's so easy to justify why you don't give passwords. Here's number four. This is how a person can know that they are potentially getting ready to commit adultery or they're partaking of adultery. When you're having private conversations that your spouse does not know about. And when you say and do things that you would never say in front of your spouse. You know, my wife, she's not as sexy as you. Oh, my husband, he, he, he can't lay it down like you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's another one. When you lie about your whereabouts and you are unaccountable with your time, you are not where you say you are. Here's number six. When you try and flip any concerns about your actions that on your spouse, uh, watch this, because they brought up the fact that they feel uncomfortable about something you may have said or done. You try to flip it on them. Well, why, 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 why are you telling, why, why are you taking up on me? I, you, I didn't check up on you. No, they try to flip it. No, 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 don't, don't flip it, my sister. <laughs> when you have friends of the opposite sex, friends of the opposite sex on Facebook, on the job, or outside of your marriage, and your spouse don't even know about this person. Amen. 
when you are arranging to have private meetings, times, and talks with somebody. All of these activities, I call them windows and walls. Because as you share information to the opposite sex about you that's personal, it opens your life, it opens up windows for your life for them to see. But while you're opening up windows for them to see in, you also raise up walls so your spouse won't see. So on this hand, you're creating more intimacy because you're opening the window for them to see you. But because you know it's wrong, you're raising up a wall. And that's why you feel distant from your spouse. It ain't your spouse, it's you. Well, I wouldn't be cheating if she would. No, 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 no. At the end, I'm going to show you that if you do not take responsibility for your cheating, deception stays in your life. Amen. Now, here are some pre-adultery questions that you will need to judge yourself. Do you tell this person, this is it, because see, some of y'all sitting there going, well, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that, he ain't talking to me, I don't know who he talking about, I wish he was preaching on something else because this ain't about me. Well, let's just see. <laughs> do you tell this person more about your day than you do your spouse? Do you ready your appearance when you're about to see them? You didn't do all that when you saw your husband. Do you tell them about your marital problems and dissatisfactions? I mean, they've become your Dr. Phil. Is there a sexual attraction spoken or unspoken between the two of you? Would you feel guilty if your spouse saw you and this person together? Would you show the same kind of affection to this person in front of your spouse like you do when you are not around them? Do you find yourself spending time alone with this person? Does this person ask you to do things that will prove to them that you care about them? Things like if their car breaks down, they call you. Why are they calling you? I need a ride. Well, how many friends you got? You know I'm married. And see, here's the thing. They know you're married. They don't care. If they need something fixed, Junior. Junior. I know I'm not supposed to call you while you're at home. But uh, uh, I need you to come over and fix something. Ain't nothing broke. <laughs> Ooh, it's time up. Doggone, it's time up. If some of these things are taking place in your life right now, you are on the verge or in the middle of having an affair, i.e. cheating on your spouse, i.e. committing adultery, and today is your warning sign from God to say stop. So I'm going to ask for your permission to go over so I can at least give you the antidote. Can I do that? Here's the last point. This is how you avoid getting out of adulterous situations. Here's, here's it. Turn your heart before, it, before destruction starts. I'm going to say that again. This is how you avoid adulterous situations. You turn your heart before destruction starts. 
Because let me tell you something. You may not see it right now, but sin has a paycheck. And when, what you don't know is when you deposit that paycheck called sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. I know you don't see right now what it's going to do to your life. I know, I know you don't see right now how it's going to destroy your family. I know you don't see right now how it's going to make your kids hate you forever because you cheated on their mama. You, you don't see it right now, but I'm telling you right now, sin has a paycheck, and sometimes it costs more to deposit that check, and you don't realize that that check is going to bounce in your face. Amen. Proverbs 6.23 says this. Let's close right here. Go to Proverbs 6.23. Let's close right here. Let's close right here. Here is how powerful deception is. It makes you believe that you can handle the consequences when sin only has one paycheck and that's death. And see, the deception is I can handle it. Proverbs 6.23, watch what it says. It says, for the commandment is a lamp and the, light is, the law is a light. And reproof of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongues of a strange woman. Watch verse 25, because adultery starts in the heart. He says, lust not after her beauty, where class? In your heart. Neither let her take you with her eyelids. And I'm going to add in a verse 25 and a half, let her not take you with that round butt she's got. Yeah, I said it. For by means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Look at that. God even called a lady a hoe. See that? <laughs> Y'all see that? No, God said that now. I just used a short term. He said, by means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? The answer to that is no. Can one go upon the hot coals and his feet not be burned? So is he that goes in to his neighbor's wife. Whosoever touches her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he be found, he will restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding he that does it destroys his own soul how do you avoid adultery here's some faith actions number one accept full say full accept full responsibility for your own actions everybody say full see until you accept full responsibilities deception is still at work I know some people, well, no, they made me do it. Well, did, no, 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 no. If you were a consenting adult, I don't care if they hit on you every day. I don't care if it was your boss. I don't care if you would have got fired if you didn't do it with them. At the end of the day, it was your decision, and you have to take full responsibility because if you don't, deception is still on the inside. Amen. And that's why David prayed that prayer in Psalm 51, 9. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So number one, you're going to take full responsibility. Number two, you're going to repent. If you don't acknowledge before God that this is wrong, then your heart is going to still feel it's okay. Right. Then number three, you're going to forgive yourself. 
Because after you start repenting, the devil's going to beat you up. Well, you shouldn't have never done it. But first he was pushing you to do it. So you did it. Now he's saying, ah, oh, you shouldn't have done it. So you're going to forgive yourself. Number four, you're going to remove yourself and or that person from your life. Number five, you're going to stop immediately. Say immediately. You're going to stop immediately all forms of communication and activity. No lunch dates, no texts, no phone calls, none of that stuff. And look, if, if you got to change your number, change your number. If your spouse already knows about the situation, then reach out and get some counseling. If trust has been violated, accept the terms for re-earning it back from your spouse. Whatever your spouse says, what you got to do. If they want you to change phone numbers, then doggone it, ain't no choice. You're going to change it. I didn't have this phone number for 25 years. Well, guess what? You got a new one now. Number eight, you're going to begin to spend intimate time with God and in his word to strengthen you. And then the last one is you're going to become accountable. And I'm preaching this message because I know for a fact it's happening right here. And my job as the pastor of this church and as your pastor is to sound the alarm. The Bible says there is no temptation taking you than such that is common to man. But God will with every temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, I've done my part this morning. And I thank you for doing your part. I thank you for convicting. I thank you, Father, for uh, encouraging. I thank you for influencing hearts. God is asking me to ask you to make a decision right now. He said, don't delay the decision. Because if you delay the decision, the anointing that's in this place right now may not be present when you leave this place. The power that you need to make the decision to get out needs to be made right now. There are some people. And, and there are some people in this room... You haven't committed the act, but you have been having an emotional affair. It's all been on the inside. And you know what's interesting? Your spouse knows something's wrong with you, but they just can't put their finger on it. And here's the thing, because you haven't done anything, you're like, well, why do they think something's wrong? Because you don't realize Sin has a smell. Just like bacon, when you are uh, cooking bacon, and I may be in the kitchen, I may not even like bacon, but, but if I'm in the kitchen while you're cooking bacon, and I leave that kitchen, I'm going to smell like what was in the kitchen. Let me tell you something. God loves your spouse too much to let you try and deceive them. You think he's not going to give them some funny feelings about what's going on? Now, I don't want you to go home and, and have a fight. No, we're not going to do that. You're going to repent right now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Father, I pray over this church, with myself included, that we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And you said in your word, God, that those who humble themselves, you said, you will exalt us. And I pray now that every person under the sound of my voice will receive strength, will receive this word, and will walk out of this place with a conviction that I'm going to stay faithful to God and I'm going to stay faithful to my spouse. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just be still. God is doing something right now in this room. Thank you, God. I trust you. Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that not one marriage in this place will go astray. I declare, Father, there will be no divorces at Word of Truth Family Church. And even those who are in the midst of it, God, you will help them humble themselves to get some help. Because you said all things are possible to him that believes. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you die today and you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I want to...